0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Your Way to Work, the show that speaks not to employers, not to business owners or managers, but to you, our fellow workers on the workplace floor. I'm Christian Witted, and Kaylee Screen, and today's show is all about taking risks,
1: which is such a wonderful topic to talk about because it's something that I think is talked about much more in the theory than it is in practice. And we love to have the idea of bungee jumping and all of these risk-taking activities, but those who actually engage are always such a small few of the population. And so we'd like to bring an interview to you to talk about risk and risk in work and risk in life, really. And a framework that I'd love for you all to listen to this interview in is through a study that was done. A few years ago, there was a study done on what was the greatest regrets of people when they were at the end of their life. The study showed that the regrets were never about things that they did. It was always about things they didn't do. And it was often about the risks they didn't take, the love they didn't pursue, the time they didn't spend with the people who mattered most. And yet, even though that that is something we resonate with, it often is something that we are willing to neglect in the moment. So we have a guest, Celeste, who's coming on, who's quite the risk taker. And she is going to tell us her story about how she took a risk, big risk in her life and moved down here to Florida.
0: As Celeste says, life is too short not to pursue your passions.
2: Hi, listeners, this is Rick Witte,d and I am in the studio with Janice Celeste, uh, a truly a renaissance woman who does a little bit of everything and had to pleasure of being on Encore Entrepreneur Institute. It's out there. You can check it out. uh, Go to my Twitter or Facebook and you'll see it out there. Janice, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here and on your show. I feel totally honored.
2: Well, I got to tell you, I started reading through your bio and I'm not sure if I was impressed or intimidated. You have done a ton of stuff. And I know Christian and Kay talked a little bit about that at the top of the hour, but just what drives you? You're doing so much and, you know, a mother of three, right?
3: Yes, that's correct.
2: What's driving you?
3: What's driving me? Well, I think it was different things at different times, you know. When I first started out, I wanted the best for my kids, for what I could provide. There were times I was a single mom, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was there for them. So I did everything from my own daycare center so I could raise them and be there for them and until they were off to school. And I did that until the last one went to kindergarten. Now what drives me is... Mainly whatever pulls my heart. I love children. I love animals. So anything that I can do to work in that space is number one priority to me. But money is important.
2: Yeah, well, you got to eat.
3: Yeah, not only that, but. For me, I'm still there for my adult children and their children. I want to be able to do wonderful things with my granddaughter, you know, go on Disney cruise if we want. We live not far from Disney. You know, you guys are in Orlando. So when she comes, I want to be able to take her into all the different parks. And so I want to make sure I I have that kind of income where I don't have to think about it. And I like to shop, so I don't want to think about, oh, I can't get this. I don't ever want to be in that situation. (laughs) I want to be able to get what I want when I want it. So that also drives me, but I really, it's more important for me to love what I do.
2: I love these kind of shows. I can already tell this one's gonna be a good one because I'm way off script. I don't think we've talked about it uh, in the last almost three years on the show. How do you know when to identify a season change as it relates to your career? That's one question. And the second part of that question is What's the what's the laundry list? What's the inventory that you need to go through to make the best decision? Because we've got some listeners now who are in the middle of a career. Maybe it's a, a, a mother who needs to be home uh, or more available, more flexible with the children. Maybe it's a mother who's coming back. Maybe it's um, maybe it's a guy who's coming back from the service. Uh, but whatever the, the season change is, how do you know when you're in a season change?
3: I think you feel it coming. You know it's coming. Like I, every time something happens to me where I know a big change is coming in my life, I kind of knew it ahead of time. You just got to pay attention and and just you know go. Sometimes with your gut feelings. Like for instance, I knew at my my last job that I was banging my head up against the wall. No matter what I worked did, just wasn't working for me. I didn't know exactly what it was I was going to end up doing, but I knew a change was coming. And then once I figured it out, I started putting it in motion, writing things down, trying to make it happen, and put all my resources written down in front of me. You know, whether it was a, a mock type business plan, but I had something in front of me that I could go by. So I think it's part gut feeling, but you can't just go always on gut feeling and survive. So, you know, there are steps you need to take before you can get to that point where you say, okay, now I'm going to take what I learned here at this job and I'm going to move into my own business. It may be a totally different business, but you can always pull things that you learned. Like I learned all about marketing at my last job. Mm. I already had it in me and I worked in the marketing department doing video and multimedia and live streaming. And that was great. I learned a lot while I was there because I had to get updated on live streaming platforms and how to do it with a real live talk show and a set. I took that with the marketing expert, who was my boss. What she taught me, and how she taught me, and now I can put that in place in my business. Now, what was the second part of that question?
2: Yeah, well, uh, you, we got to camp <laughs> out right. there for a second because that was okay. that was a really good answer. So, mm-hmm. you you started making your list. If if you if someone's listening to you now and going, man, Janice, that's that's so right. I, I really. I know I'm feeling that I need to do something. If you had to say, okay, listen, there are three things, two things, four things that you must accomplish to make a successful transition. What are those things?
3: Well, I guess it's two, maybe even three things. You got to have the passion Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why in a minute, you have to have the commitment and you have to have the money to get you through at least the first year of your business. Ideally the first three years, But if you have the first year finance in the bank, you can also get funding for the next two years from a venture capital company, a small business loan, or a bank. But it can take up to three years sometimes before you show a profit. So you have to be in that long-term commitment. But the passion the passion is what gets you through when you're not making any money, and times are hard because it's like a roller coaster ride when you have your own business. You're like, hey, we got this contract. Oh man, what's all the stuff that's going wrong with that contract? You know, <laughs> so it is truly a roller coaster ride, and you have to be able to pick yourself up and keep going, and that's the strength of an entrepreneur. If you don't pick, you know, some people get depressed and upset and, I, oh my God, my world's crap. Yeah, well that happens. It really does. And I have a saying that I got from my mother and she says it exactly like this. I quote, one monkey, don't stop the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that means no matter what goes wrong or who does what, the show must go on. You gotta keep going. And that drives me. You talked about what drive that drives me on a daily basis. Whenever something goes wrong or someone does something that I didn't expect or something happens, that one monkey <laughs> saying, well, you'll hear it come out of my mouth. I'll say to my husband, or one monkey, don't stop to show this must go on. So that commitment, that passion, number one, and then to bankroll the money. And you can do that while you're at your job. Let your job be your investor for your seed money. Put that away. You know, and the other thing is, even though we're you know, we're parents, you know, we have a full day of work. Sometimes we're working 40, 60 hours. You have to schedule in time for you. Right. Because when you're working for someone else, you literally are helping them with their dream and making it come true. But you're not working on yourself. So if you want that to happen for you, you have to schedule in an appointment time for yourself. And I just told someone this today was really business busy with their business a multi-million dollar business but she has an idea to do her own thing and because she that business is all-consuming i told her the same advice and i mentor two other women we actually mentor each other mm-hmm. um, in like a mastermind type of group and that was one of my pieces of advice today is to set an appointment in time with yourself and get stuff done at least an hour the hardest part is to stop at that hour point because you are so invested in yourself. You'll find this to happen that you want to keep going, but you have to stop, put some notes on where you want to continue when you get back to it and then get back to it with the next appointment time.
2: I know that very well. So, you know, setting time for yourself and having a plan. I talk about this all the time on the show, but there's something I'm hearing in your discussion, Janice, that I'd, I'd like to dive deeper into. And so it sounds like more than anything that you are in a place or season in your life where you are casting the chips all toward what you value the most. And I say all the time that if you feed your core value, You're going to be the best you you can be and people will pay good money for the best you and you seem to be an example of that. So where did you learn that? How did you figure that out? Because you had you hadn't had the book by the time you the book wasn't out when you were figuring this out. So where'd you figure this out?
3: On and off throughout my life, I had to go to work for other people. But I always said, and I think it's part maturity, too, if, you know, I Ever felt unhappy at a job, it's just not worth it, no matter how much they're paying me. And one of the things I despise, which is almost every it is everywhere. I've not found one place that doesn't exist, is office politics. And I imagine as I get bigger, I will see it in my own business, but I would like to squash it because I can't stand office politics. And it happens. So that kind of situation can lower morale and make workers miserable. So when I encountered those types of situations, usually that's mainly what I have found that made me say, okay, I don't wanna be part of this. I always went back to, well, what is it that I can do if I'm not here? So my, I guess my value system was if, whether or not I was happy. And if I wasn't happy, it wasn't worth it. Because life's too short, man. I mean, it's just too short. Yeah. So not to be happy and enjoy what you do. You're doing this job for how many hours a year? For how many years you have to be happy at what you're doing or your life will be over before you know it. I just saw this graphic and it just showed 90 little dots, which is the average lifespan of a person. And it was about this big, <laughs> like a little teeny square. So the symbolism of that is that we're not here that long. Hmm. So enjoy. You got to enjoy what you do. And if you're not enjoying what you do doing right now, you need to make a plan to get out of that. So you and That just came to me. Yeah. Yeah mature
2: adult i think you use the word happy right Mm -hmm. and so and that's a loaded word that has it's a very specific very individual um uh word um for for each person so uh, and i want to unpack that because on the other side of that i've seen people just go i'm not happy and there may be a lot of reasons you're not happy but you're, you seem to be very purposeful and very I'm
3: happy. Yeah, <laughs> r-
2: right. So, so, what
3: that means. so yeah, yeah go it. for
2: it. What does that mean for you?
3: Well, you have to know yourself, right? Yes. So I knew some things about myself. I knew I always wanted to live in Florida. You know, I grew up on the Gulf when my dad came down here to visit for the summers and I loved it here. I didn't know where, but I know I don't like cold weather. So I moved as far south as I, I, as I could.
2: I am with <laughs> so you on that.
3: I'm here in Naples, Florida. Love it. I literally left my job. I, I'm a risk taker, I got to tell you that. So everyone's not. My husband is not, but I am. He goes with me on these these adventures sometimes. <laughs> but I literally said to my husband, I don't care what we got to do. I need to leave this job because I knew I was miserable. If you loathe getting up in the morning, and I'm not just talking about Monday mornings, you loathe going into work, that job is probably not for you. Right. <laughs> it's probably not for you. Whether you change jobs, start your own thing. It is not for you. You have to feel some sort of satisfaction, whatever that is for you, at work. And if you're not feeling it, it's time for a change. And it's not easy to make a change. And some people don't like change. I embrace it. That's the risk taker part of me. I love change. I literally took a chance. I didn't have a business when I left my job. I did not um, have uh, a lot of money. We sold our house and we moved to Florida. And I said, That's what I'm going to do. And we literally lived off of that until I started my businesses. And and I started my businesses right away. But I just took a risk. I said, I can't I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And this is what I want. And this is how I have to make it happen. And life's too short not to do it sooner than later.
2: Yeah. And so, by the way, you worked your butt off. (laughs) <laughs> because
3: mm-hmm. I work constantly I don't even know when Mondays are here to load them because the week just all blends together you know
2: <laughs> with the late night emails we had flying back and forth last night I, I realized I met a kindred spirit there and not to mention what three books now you you yes. have out there you've got the Encore Entrepreneur Institute you do some work for CNN for <laughs> HuffPost you've got some great talent that comes onto your show so you had a plan you wrote stuff down you knew the direction you were going in i want to back you up because if i'm hearing right for you this happy that the word that you're using which what you're really saying is i'm feeding my values. exactly and what you seem to value you know this idea of flexibility this idea Mm -hmm. of balance being able to control the work and blending that with your personal life your family And so you're just cut to be an entrepreneur. Yes. And I also noticed that many of the projects that you're doing seem to mirror the life you live. So parenting book that you've written, the magazine for parenting that you've you've started up throughout your career, the encore entrepreneur, you know, the the person who's coming back into a different season and doing it all over again. So what I hear from you and, and you know, knowing you a little better than the listeners who are hearing you from, for the first time, at least my listeners, you have figured out your core value and listeners, if there's anything you're hearing from this, what you should hear is is someone who's figured out this is what is important to me and has decided to make career decisions based on that. And why is that important? She didn't say she doesn't like money. But the truth (laughs) of the matter is if you feed your value, you're going to get good because your passion increases. People will pay you for that.
3: People follow you when you have passion. That's right. I, I mean, even down to the magazine, you know, I have the magazine, Successful Black Parenting Magazine. It was a uh, print magazine in the 90s. We're relaunching it on a digital space now. I have writers that just are drawn like magnets to it. No one's getting paid right now because it's all volunteer as we get started. We're doing crowdfunding later on to do the print magazine again. But everyone and the same thing happened back in the 90s. People were drawn to it because it's a passion. The reason advertisers like Kellogg's and Allstate and State Farm and Clorox all went with us was because I went there to talk to them in person with the passion. So they saw that and they told me this. So that is important because then others will follow.
2: That's right. Wow. Well said. So you've been in a few seasons where you're you're you created your own space. You're working in someone else's space um, as an employee. Mm -hmm. What's been the greatest difference that you've seen, that you found working for yourself versus working for someone else? Is it different?
3: It is different. And um, it is a training ground, like I said earlier. But the biggest difference is is kind of what I I mentioned before is that I can tell you a little story. So when I first started working as a very young person in my 20s for someone, this was a lesson that stuck with me till today. My boss, who I sat right outside of his office, we had it was a leasing company, that leased restaurant furniture. I made $23,000 a year. That was great for me back then.
2: That was big money back then, yeah.
3: Then every day as he trusted me, he sent me to the bank next door to withdraw $3,000 in cash every single day for him to play golf. Wow. Do you know how long it would have taken me to make three thousand dollars? <laughs> and he was doing this on a daily basis. I quickly figured out I was in the wrong side You're of You're on the wrong side <laughs> of the equation. Oh So I said, okay, this has to change. I have to have bigger goals in life. <laughs> and I it. learned. I really did learn from that. So that made me think. Yeah, I'm helping him to make this money so that he can do that. Whereas I need to learn everything I can, whether it's in this job or on my own independently so that I can have that privilege. And that's the difference, because you have the boss who can do that, who owns the company and versus me sitting here trying to earn that kind of money that he gets on a daily basis just to play with in a month.
2: (laughs) So, So you talk to entrepreneurs constantly. Yes and some are moving into the workspace, out of the workspace, creating their own space. What are the biggest questions you get from people who have interest in entrepreneurship?
3: Basically, how do they know when they can quit their job and work for themselves and how to get financing? And I tell them that one goes with the other. You have to have the money in the bank to pay yourself first. That's important in a lot of entrepreneurs or people just getting started or thinking about doing a business they're like, I'll work for free and put all the money back into the business. No, don't do that. A friend of mine wrote a book and I'm going to kind of give him a little plug called Profit First. And he realized that he was doing this and it was wrong. So what you have to do is say, okay, I have to live, I have to pay myself first. And what you will learn to do automatically is to run your business on a little bit less, but you will run your business and get creative on how you do that. And it, it won't really take away from the quality of what you're doing. You just learn to get really creative and you start learning to pull in the right people to help you do it with less money because you have to live. When you start putting everything into it, there are chances that you could go bankrupt and you never made a dime. Yeah. And you, you're now you're bankrupt not only in your business, but you're bankrupt in your personal life too. And like I said before, it can take up to three years before you you might see a profit in your business. So you have to plan for your financing for at least that amount of time and plan to pay yourself.
2: Yeah, that that is well said. Take it from someone in his uh, early 20s, many, many moons ago, who made that exact mistake, uh, invested Mm -hmm. way too much and found myself, you know, in my mid 20s, young family bunch of babies and me and the wife just just struggled right and everything that could go wrong went wrong I wouldn't change it but I there's no way I'd ask for it again just not gonna happen learn from it
3: and when I say that I don't mean you start off making a hundred thousand dollar salary that's right you figure out what you need to live on to pay your bills and that's what you take the company. Don't get greedy. Because if you get greedy, you're going to basically drain your company. So once you can know that you can then increase your salary, you do it in step, gradually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we're almost at the bottom of this half an hour. Already, I knew this was going to happen. So number one, we got to get you back on the show. And I know you're in the middle of a book project right now. So when you get closer to that, you got to give me dibs to <laughs> to, to chat with you about that. Let, let, let me ask you a, a final question as we as we get ready to wrap up. So I think every listener has heard your passion for what you do. And the truth of the matter is I haven't met a passionate entrepreneur or, or business owner who is not um, – the, the job they do is not a job. It's their vision. Mm-hmm. It's their dream. It's their baby. Um, it's more than just a, a a tool for provision. So that being said, um, you know, talk from the perspective of the business owner. And you've got to hire someone because while we've got 28 million small business owners out there, most single owners, we've got 170 million people actually in the workplace. So You know, it's a, that's a sport that's not for everybody and not for most, Mm -hmm. but yet you guys hire 50% to 60%, 50% of those, those 170 million workers out there and, and nearly two thirds of all net new jobs are coming from small business owners. So my hat's off to you. My question is. What are you thinking when you're inviting someone into your baby? When you've gotta make a hiring decision, what are you looking for?
3: Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying because the wrong person can just destroy everything you create. It can destroy your reputation or just destroy your business in general. And, and no one wants that. So I look for someone like me, someone who is dedicated to my cause, who has an entrepreneurial spirit someone who will work hard and have shown in their history that they have done so and someone who I can trust and if I can find that person that person will go far with me I'm very loyal and because I'm very loyal, when that doesn't happen, I actually get hurt. <laughs> and that's happened when I worked for other people, too, and I hired someone and trusted them. Yep. And they turned out to um, be totally different from what I expected. I, I really kind of almost take it personally.
2: It seems, seems like it'd be hard not to. I mean, we're talking about your dream and your vision. And I, I think that's something that, that many in the workplace don't consider when they're thinking about, you know, the decisions they're making around their career.
3: Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, you have to hire people. It's essential for your growth as a, a business. Eventually that time is going to come. And we've hired people, trained them, and they left in different businesses. And that hurts, too. That's like uh, seeing your kid go off to college because they're taking what they learned <laughs> and they're going to do something else with it. So, it, it, you know, it's important to say that. And it's also important to say on the employer's side to evaluate good workers and be able to pay them enough to keep them if you can do that a lot of times as entrepreneurs we're not always able to increase the pay to a point where they can't refuse it it's just so much money but honestly if I have it and I have a good person I'm paying them over a period of time I'm going to gradually increase it so that they can stay with me Um, and because I I want you here, you're part of the family. And that's, I think the difference too, when you have a smaller company that you're working for, you become part of the family.
2: Yeah. I do have a great free tool for you. You can send your folks to careerwit.com and figure out what that value booster is. And sometimes it, it may be the trust and the, the, the key, uh, key player sense of valuing you have for them. Uh, so maybe you can, pay them a little less until you can make, make a awesome. little more so throw, throw that plug in there so you know as we wrap up Janice any any final thoughts for someone that's out there in the workplace who's been listening to this conversation would you leave them with any words of wisdom
3: well yeah you know because I'm a parent and everything and I'm gonna go even further back to talk about the youth that are out there now that are getting started in the job market even a little bit before that if you have a team you know You said earlier I was a renaissance woman. That's great. I know how to do a lot of things, but I never really had a career path. So if I want to go get a job now, I don't even know what to call myself. Like, what's my title? I'm overqualified for most jobs, right? And in other jobs, I just don't have that career path that asks for that experience. But can I do the job? More than likely, yes. (laughs) I just don't have it. So I would, as a parent of any teens out there, Let them try everything. Let them try anything. Use Groupons to give them different experiences, whether it's behind the scenes at the zoo or a camp uh, where they can get some training. Let them try various summer jobs. Don't let them stick with one summer job so they can figure out what they want to do. Because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was in college and still didn't know what I wanted to do. I changed majors like three times. So let them figure out what they want to do so that they can make a goal by the time they're in a senior year and then work toward that goal with a 5, 10, 15, 20 year plan with timeline and dates. That's important. So even though I'm not speaking to the actual listener right now, make sure your child, you we were talking about this, have has a career plan. And they will tell you, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. And that's because they haven't experienced enough. You have to give them everything. With this marine biology, let them go behind the scenes. They have camps for a SeaWorld now where you can go behind the scenes and, and learn stuff do this kind of thing. These are important for them to actually be successful as adults.
2: Completely agree. The biggest career mistake you're going to make is managing to the next job and not managing the Mm -hmm. path. And uh, I've heard some 40-year-olds say, I don't know. So (laughs) I (laughs) I think that applies to to everybody. We've been uh, talking with Janice Celeste. She is the founder of Encore Entrepreneur Institute successful Black Parenting Magazine, CEO of We Speak Worldwide, Speakers Bureau, and a whole bunch of other books that this lady has produced. Uh, It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope we can get you back on in the future.
3: Oh, thank you for having me. And I will look forward to the future and talking to you again.
0: Listeners, thank you for tuning in today. If you had any questions or comments on this show or any previous show, or you just want to get connected, you can check us out at facebook.com forward slash rawitted, tweet us at rawitted, or email us at rick at rawitted.com. And if this show has helped you in any way, please take a moment and leave us a rate and a review on iTunes. We love hearing from you all, and your feedback can only make us better. Once again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you at the next episode.